looking for a happy place, you have found it. This is Live Happy Now. Hello and greetings. I'm J.R. Houston, the host of the podcast that's dedicated to bringing you closer to your peak happiness through powerful, positive psychology, relatable stories and insights. And every now and then we have a little fun with it as well. We want to thank our partners for being with us as well as you, wherever you're listening into uh, in the world. We've got Live Happy Magazine. New issue is available wherever magazines are sold. And you can also find our online edition and much, much more. And you can go to livehappy.com for many of those things. We also want to thank our partner, Life Reimagined, and their website, lifereimagined.org slash happy. They've got all kinds of processes and resources for you on that website because if you awaken to the power of happiness, so do your dreams. So what's next? Go to lifereimagined.org slash happy. Our guest today is Louis Aloro. He's a change agent working with individuals and organizations to enable positive evolution, even through the most difficult challenges. And one of the cool things about him is he was one of the first 100 people in the world to earn a Master of Applied Positive Psychology from the University of Pennsylvania and holds a second master's in the Foundations of Education. We're going to be talking about the power of gratitude and get some recommendations for positivity and peace during this holiday season. First of all, Lewis, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And I know there's a lot of things we're going to be talking about when it comes to the holidays and keeping a positive outlook. But as I'm reading your bio here, this is really kind of cool. You've had your math degree for almost 10 years. You were kind of getting out there in uncharted waters, one of the first people to do it. What was that experience like and and what has it been like since then? It's been very entrepreneurial, uh, which (laughs) comes with so many ups and, uh, you know, some downs as well. But but. But large, largely, it's been it's been a it's been a wonderful experience of bringing positive psychology into the world. People are so hungry for it. Yeah, absolutely. That, I think that's what we're finding here is people are always wanting to know you know ways they can do it. Have you experienced any of the the backlash toward it, where people think it's just you're going around telling people to smile more and and it's all uh, sunshine and puppy dog tails all the time? Oh, for sure. I mean, there's there's always there's always naysayers or people who are skeptics. I've always said um, let's let's give this to people who want it, as opposed to convince people uh, that that don't. But you know, I do a lot of organizational um, development, um, consulting work, and and there's always people who who provide a um, you know put up a put up a put up a roadblock. And, and what I say is, you know, it's so nice to have the science to back this up. This is not about being all positive. That life is about a full range of human emotion, and and um, we're we're all about um, positivity for sure, but not all positivity all the time. In fact, I think it's a misnomer to call it positive psychology. It's more about being flexible. I think. Yeah, I've, what I've really noticed in, in the way that we've talked to so many different people is it's it's not uh, hiding the emotions of sadness or of anger or of or of disappointment, but it's more about in the way uh, you deal with them. Is that, is that an accurate statement? Yeah, it's about uh, I think recognizing what they are, having good words to put around them, descriptive words to describe how you feel, other than good or bad, which I think is the extent of many people's emotional intelligence. Um, and learning as a skill, as any skill, you know, learning to play golf or learning to pick up an instrument, it really takes practice. And it takes, before it even takes practice, it takes a wanting, it takes intention that uh, many people are called towards. Um, and when you look at the contagion factor and, and the research showing just how contagious uh, many things in life are, I believe, you know, we have the power to really, to really do something big here. 
No doubt about it. One thing that uh, a lot of people that we've talked to have mentioned, and I know you teach about it as well, and I've seen it work in a practical sense, is gratitude and being more grateful uh, for the things that we do have. How do you how do you go about teaching that, and and what's the, what's the key to to having more gratitude? Um, I teach gratitude as a as a visceral experience. I think a lot of people keep it in their heads when when they're acknowledging what they're appreciative of, and it really needs to be a body experience of feeling grateful and and really calling up the the feelings the you know the neurotransmitters that can go through our bodies that that's where the healing power of gratitude is um, and so I encourage people even you know someone holds the door for you and you're saying thank you like really emote that feel that um, something larger could be you know you you um, you know someone someone saves saves your life you know that's a that's a different experience but also the magnitude of gratitude can be can be felt in all sorts of contexts. Would you say that the the process of, and I know it's helped a a friend of mine, the process of really counting your blessings and sitting down each day to come up with the things that day that that really you were grateful for and expressing that to people, is that that a a positive or a, a productive practice for folks? I think it, it really is. I mean, when you think about how much time we spend focusing on what, what's not working or what where the problems are, you know, we, we tend to savor bad news more than we savor good news. And I think this is where it really takes the use of our prefrontal cortex, you know, the, the most advanced part of our brains where we do um, all sorts of cognitive reasoning and regulations and executive functioning to really hold in that spot. Uh, spotlight on, hey, what am I appreciative and grateful for today? What went well today? What are the wins today? And not just what are they, but what did I do to contribute to that good thing happening? And really um, recalling, remembering that I contribute to the good things that happened to me in my life. I'm not a passive recipient of good things. I'm not, it's not luck. But it's my own, it's my own contribution that, that, that yields the, the outcome. Why do you think so many people are drawn to the negative? I, I, you find it in every workplace in, in America and probably even every workplace in the world where the topic of conversation is often the things that are going wrong or this bad thing happened to me this weekend or, or what have you. Why do you think the human brain focuses on that so much? Well, evolutionarily, there's an adaptive purpose to, to, to that. And um, as Martin Seligman taught me in graduate school, we were at – an inflection point in human history where it really um, it's about learning to think differently. Um, we never get rid of the old wiring. That's what's so fascinating about brain science. But we do write new wiring on top of that old wiring that can become more our default mode. So I say it's never too late and it's never too early and no one is exempt. No one is exempt. If you think that you don't need to do this, then you really need to spend more time at it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a lot of people like to say, oh, you know, John Smith down the hall, he needs to go to that positive psychology workshop. And that is so toxic, you know, because there's really just an opportunity for all of us to to really take this on. Like we would take on uh, exercise in the gym for our physical body. You know, these mental calisthenics are not unlike what it takes to build muscle in your body. Um, it takes time. It takes attention. It takes intention. And it takes repetition. 
And that's what I was gonna uh, gonna ask you about because this is not and being grateful is something I think most of us learn, grow up learning. Please and thank you. And and but we might not learn how uh, beneficial it is to actually express deep and meaningful thanks. What are the what are the ways? What are the processes that people can go through to make being more grateful and showing more gratitude uh, more of a, a natural habit for them? Yeah, I'd say write it down. You know, it's really nice to develop a ritual around this type of practice. Um, so, you know, I've I've learned to to develop some some time in the morning just for myself, a morning ritual where I you know meditate, I uh, I journal a little bit. In that journal, I write down what are the things that are going well, what did I do to contribute to those things that are going well. I even think about what my future gratitude is, and, and I write in the present tense statements that that say I am so grateful for. XYZ before XYZ is even here. Um, and that is a strategy that is, is kind of like sports psychology a bit, you know, uh, the power of visualizing, the power of not just seeing what it is that you want, but being grateful for it, cultivating that the attitude of gratitude around it before it actually exists. It's like, wow, we can do that. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. Um, and, and, and carving it out as, 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 as a really special part of the day, um, like, like you would going to the gym or like you would having a morning meeting with your team. Hey, do it during the morning meeting with your team. That would be a great strategy, yeah. too. Yeah, absolutely. Get everybody off on a, on a positive note, that's for sure. I think to your point, we were talking about envisioning things that are to come to be grateful for. I think it can kind of work almost in the past and in the future when you're dealing with something that you know is going to be difficult. For instance, a person that you're working with, you know sometimes it's difficult, but man, if you remind yourself that you're grateful that that person can do what they do uh, and they're, they're helping your company or your team reach the, the end – that you're all going toward is, is that something that can help change your outlook entirely? For sure. You know, the thing about difficult people um, is that it's, it's such a, a, an amazing opportunity for us to point the finger back at ourselves and say, Hmm, what am I observing in this person that's activating such a response in me? How does that quality show up in myself? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's just like a fascinating pause. It's kind of like a, a, a metacognition to be able to, observe your life as you're participating in it. And with curiosity, curiosity is uh, an amazing positive uh, strategy, inquiry, and, and just to think, hmm, how does that show up in me? And in, it may not come quickly. It may not, it may not be our first kind of go-to uh, to be able to, to, to have this kind of uh, inquiry. But I'll tell you, it's so powerful because in the space of the awareness, which may not happen immediately, compassion emerges, you know, and, and then there's some things heal in compassion. Relationships heal when there's compassion. Um, and, you know, it's interesting, the adaptive purpose of having glossy eyes. Do you know why we've evolved to have glossy eyes? No. Why is that? So that we could see ourselves in each other. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't that fascinating? So, like, you could see yourself in other people. And that's, you know, you think about what Chris Peterson said about what positive psychology is all about. It's about other people. Mm -hmm. It's about other people mattering. And, um, you know, we can, we can all cultivate a bit more of that, uh, that, that awareness as really a primary re responsibility of leadership these days, I believe. 
Yeah, for sure. And that's a, that's a fantastic, both literal and metaphorical way to, to look at it. And it's something that's easy to remind yourself of, uh, if you're looking people in the eye and dealing straightforward with them. Yeah. And you know what, too? It's not just the bad things we observe in other people or the, or the, the bothers. It's the good stuff, too. So if you see someone who, uh, sparks you in a certain way, you know, it's just because that spark is telling you, hey, that's in me, too. I have that greatness in me, too. Excellent. Yeah, that's a good point. As we're heading toward this holiday season, we're recording this podcast uh, in uh, early November. We're coming up on the holiday season, and that can mean a lot of people are very excited. They're going to see family, and they're going to go back home and see friends as well. And then for some people, oh, we're going to have that uncle who talks about his politics all the time. How do you how do you deal? What what do you recommend for people uh, to keep the positivity and keep the peace in the holiday season? Hmm. Great question. <laughs> yeah, the holidays are triggers for so many people. You know, even just the the anticipation of it. You know, it's what no, the beginning of November right now. Thanksgiving mm-hmm. is just upon us. Um, and and I'd say it's you know going home or wherever you're going to go to be um, on the holidays, you know, it's, it's a lot of people don't have what we have, you know, and we're, we're so quick to think, um, you know, woe is me, um, as opposed to kind of looking and, and thinking, you know, some people don't have families. Some people yeah. don't have a place to go. And I'm sure some of these listeners too. Um, so we could always, we could always choose how we want to think. And in the moments of, Oh no! Something bad is about to happen next. We could always think in that pl- in the place of that something great might happen today. You know, just because yeah. Uncle So and So has always showed up this way doesn't mean he necessarily has to show up this way today. Right. And if we can, if we could avail ourselves, open ourselves up to to um, to seeing other people differently, having different expectations. That that's not a surefire bullet that that Uncle So and So is going to be any different. But hey, it's more likely that it'll be different if we're open to the possibility of it. Sure, and and I think something that uh, maybe this is just something that I'm I'm weird about, but but as I get older, and, and I'm not tremendously old, but I'm starting I'm getting to that age where starting to lose some of the relatives that were always there, and yeah. I, I think you find as they they pass on or what have you, or the family starts to drift apart because we're all just getting older and have our own things going on. I think you can, in a sense, become more grateful for those people, even if they've got things that maybe drive you nuts at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you're right. Nothing lasts forever. And so um, I think we, we all have the opportunity to be a social-emotional leader at the holidays. And, you know, if if we want to see things be different, then, hey, what are we going to do or who are we going to be to take leadership in that? And sometimes that means something as simple as, you know, breaking out a board game or, um, you know, for some families who are always playing board games and, you know, that's the tired piece, you know, having a dance party. I love Brene Brown says you can measure the well-being of a family by how many random dance parties break out in the middle of the kitchen. <laughs> I, I, I'm picturing my family, and I don't know that anybody wants to see that, but it would certainly be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, changing the conversation and, and and finding common ground with people, I think, would be a, a fantastic way to 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 get through the season and and get through the the positivity. We're also dealing with a situation right now, though, too, where 
Um, politics are going to be a big deal this year because we're coming up on a presidential election. Uh, we, I, I'm guessing you're recommending a, avoiding those types of conversations, or, or is there a better way to deal with it if somebody's going to start on one? I think, I think again, being curious, you know, I, I try to work on this myself, too, is, is, hey, what do you like about that candidate? And being open to what you hear. We're so quick to be in a, engaged in a, in a conversation, especially a, a potentially heated one, mm-hmm. with, uh, with uh, what, what are we going to say next in mind? Um, and just like an artist, I believe, like, we can learn a lot from, from creative people. We're all creative people, really. Um, but the artist does not know how the canvas is going to end when he or she begins it. Mm-hmm. And relationships are the same thing. Conversations are the same way. You know, don't be so sure that you know. In fact, I'd, I'd encourage people to be curious about what they don't know they don't know and stay open to the possibility of learning something uh, from someone else um, and asking questions. You know, tell me more about that. Um, what do you like about that person? Why is this important to you? You know, how do you, how do you get involved in this conversation? You know, those types of questions to elicit, to elicit more positivity because, hey, no one likes to feel, feel bad. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, even, even a simple, hey, what's, good, hey, what's been good in your life this past year, if you haven't seen your family for the year or for a couple months, and prime people to give you positive responses as opposed to the more generic question, hey, how have you been? Or how are you? Sure. You know, really ask people, hey, what, hey what's, what's good lately? What have been your wins? What have been, what have been high points in your life? And really, um, I hate to use the word insist, but insist that people give you specific responses. You know, I love, you know, most people in that question say, uh, what's good? Everything is good. Well, that's BS. You know what I mean? Not everything right. is good. That's not, that's not real life. You could say mostly everything. Uh, that's a different response than everything. Uh, and then, you know, be really specific in that with, hey, what, what, is, what is working? Yeah, absolutely. Get get people thinking about uh, other positive things. And man, if we could just get more people to be curious and the, and actually empathetic towards how people feel, but can you imagine what the political discourse in this country would be if we could get more people to think like you in that regard? I mean, <laughs> well, you know what? Microcosm, macrocosm. What, yeah. what happens in D.C. is not unlike what happens on you know local local uh, or local places. That's true. That's true. Uh, you've been doing this. Uh, obviously, you studied it for a lot longer, but you've been out in the world with a, with a map degree for for quite a while. What's the biggest thing that you wish? Uh, and I think I just mentioned mine. I wish we could be more empathetic and curious with people. But for you, what's the one wish that you would have for the world when it comes to changing attitudes and, and those sorts of things? Self care. Self care. Self care. You know, really, really, really attending to to your well being so that you can attend to others. I think um, when when we say that we love people, we can't love people when we don't love ourselves. And loving ourselves is not as simple as simple as saying I love myself because there's so much underlying that that uh, that needs attention. And and sometimes in in the exploration of what's underlying we bump up against patterns or parts of ourselves that aren't so pretty. And it's in that space of self-awareness and then self-compassion that self-care can really have good, uh, good effect. Yeah. So there's so many strategies for self-care, getting enough sleep, 
hydrating. Most people are hydrated, uh, not hydrated, dehydrated, I should say. Um, eating clean foods and nutritious foods, high in uh, nutrient density, um, you know, exercising and making sure that, that we're, we're really, you know, filling our buckets up uh, so that we can put into, into other, other people's buckets. And when it comes to I, I and I'm curious if you found this or if this is just something that that I, I'm I'm seeing on my own and it's not really there. When you mention self care and taking care of yourself, that doesn't mean an arrogance or narcissism, but it means taking care of the the first person that's always going to be there for you, which is you. Correct? Yeah, it's like what they tell you on the airplane: put the oxygen mask on first before you can assist other people. Um, it's not selfish. Um, in fact, it's really selfless to to care for yourself in such a way that that is right for you. You know, there's a lot of strategies that research is showing are helpful, but we're not all the same, um, and we need to keep trying. That's where curiosity really helps too. Is hey, how do you know I do this? Uh, how does it make me feel? You know, and you kind of get good at discerning like really slight distinctions and and how you feel, what your energy is. And then you keep you go from there, you know, and and you keep trying, you keep you keep at it, and um, setting good goals is really important around this. You know, I get really uh, worried when people say things like, "Every day I will X Y Z." You know, give yourself some space to be human. You could say like six days a week or something greater, or five days a week or something greater, and give yourself the permission to to not do something always or never. Fantastic stuff. We really appreciate uh, you taking the time out to speak with us and uh, getting your thoughts on a lot of these things that, that we're seeing and I'm sure a lot of our listeners are seeing as well. And uh, we'll uh, we'll definitely have to get in touch uh, again more as uh, I think as the political season comes upon us and, and uh, talk <laughs> about curiosity and gratitude and empathy and all that with you again. I would love it. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to learn more about Lewis or get a free masterclass on how to harness the power of positive psychology, you can go to livehappynow.com. We want to thank you for being a part of this podcast. If there's anything you took away from this or if there's something you think we should feature on this podcast, let us know. You can find us on Twitter at LiveHappy or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash LiveHappy. You can find us on Instagram by searching MyLiveHappy or you can even send us an email, podcast at LiveHappy.com. For Louis Saloro, I'm J.R. Houston saying so long and thank you and remember to always live happy.